Hey, this is Jared Free with Freedom of Spirit Ministries. And I am going to come today with the subject called Into the Fire. I believe that we are on the edge of a spirit in our nation, in the world, even individually, as, as individuals, a spirit is trying to grip um, our country and our nation, our world. And that spirit is the spirit of Babylon. I believe that we're seeing signs of the spirit of Babylon gripping our world. What I'm going to discuss today is what has happened in the past, getting more into now, and what may also happen in the future. I hope today that I can get, get us to understand that not only us as Christians are in the hard times and have to make it very tough choices, but we are all coming to a non-existent but necessary line in the sand to where we will have no choice but to make our choice to serve God or serve Satan as Christians. Some Christians firmly believe that they can live like the world and live like Christ at the same time. When we look at Christians that believe this philosophy, we have to ask ourselves, who in the world are you serving? You know, when we ask ourselves that, we, we actually hear Jesus say in Matthew 6.24 that no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. What Jesus is saying here is that either you're going to serve God or you're going to serve Satan. You're going to serve God or you're going to serve the world. You're going to serve God or you're going to serve your flesh. What is it going to be? Jesus even said this. We are at the point in time where Christians will be tested and have to make the ultimate decision to serve one master if they are not doing so already. In this message, we are going to concentrate on the past and the present more than the future. One thing I realize is we are in a Babylonian era in our day and age today, more than ever before, where people in high places demand authority for themselves over the authority of the Most High God. Even those in high positions are demanding their will be done and not God's will. What are some of the traits of ancient Babylon? Well, when we read about ancient Babylon, we're reading about prideful, boasters, liars, manipulators, selfishness, worshiping of idols. The same traits that we are seeing in our world today more than ever. Prideful. You got a lot of pride running in our country today. How many know that we have a lot of pride in our country today? We got a lot of people with pride that are seeing more pride than they're seeing more humbleness. Boasters. People boasting about what they have, what they can do, who they are. Even in our churches, we're seeing this. Liars. Oh, I can't really... We don't even really have to discuss the liar aspect of what's going on in our nation today. With what we're seeing in politics right now, lies, lies more than ever. Lies more than ever. Manipulation is happening. Manipulation happens all over the world. It happens all over every circumstance. It happens in our communities. It happens in our government. It happens in our schools. It even happens in our relationships. Selfishness. People are being more selfish than other. Now, the next part people don't really see, worshiping of idols. 
Let me ask you this. How much do you spend time on TV more than you spend time with God? How much do you spend time more worrying about work than you're worried about what you can do for God? How much more time? Here's an idol right here. How much more time are you worried about what man is doing than you're worried about what God wants to do? How much more focus are you giving on what man is doing than what God wants to do? Listen, we, without even knowing, are worshiping idols and not even knowing it. What we make in place of God is our idol. These are the traits we're seeing in the world today. I want to get into Babylon in Daniel chapter 3 and Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 3 speaks of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We all know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When King Nebuchadnezzar said, you will bow down to my idols. He built a big old idol for himself and said, when the music plays, you will bow down to my idols. King Nebuchadnezzar made a decree. And people really hated what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, because whenever they bowed down, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow. When that music played, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood tall. And when the leaders saw this, they went to King Nebuchadnezzar and said, you have three people, three Jewish boys, that will not bow down to your statue. Nebuchadnezzar became furious. Nebuchadnezzar brought them and said, is this true? And they said, it is true. We did not bow down to your idol with the music. We do not bow down to other gods besides our God. And whether a God save us or he doesn't, we will still not worship your idol. Notice what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. They said, though God may not save us, we will not Bow down to your idol. They said, we believe God can save us, but we're not going to tell you that he is. We have faith in our God. But if it is his will, he will save us. Nebuchadnezzar got so angry that he he ordered that these three Hebrew boys get bound and thrown into a fiery furnace. Not just a fiery furnace, but seven times hotter. Seven times hotter. To where when they threw these Hebrew boys in, the people that threw them in died on impact. That's how hot this fire was. You see, they were born or thrown into the fire for their faith and for their belief. But you see, Nebuchadnezzar didn't really quite grasp the concept of who God was. For when he looked in that fire, he looked and he said, wait a second. And I'm sure right now at this point, he's thinking, whoa, what is going on here? See, Nebuchadnezzar didn't know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So what happens is, is Nebuchadnezzar looks at that fire and says, whoa, what is going on here? 
Did we not throw three into the fire? Why am I seeing four? And he looks in there and sees four. And then it says that King never in, in chapter three verse twenty four it says King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, your majesty. He said, Look, I see four men walking around the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and he shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, and governors of royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their heads singed. The robes were not scorched. There was no smell of fire on them. None. We go to Daniel chapter 6. Many of us know this story as well. Where Daniel would pray three times a day. And King Darius was manipulated into making a decree that no one would pray to a god. No one would pray to any god or human being during the next 30 days. They wanted a decree for people not to pray for 30 days. And this was a manipulation tactic because they knew that Daniel prayed and they didn't like Daniel. So the king decided to put the decree into motion. And what did Daniel do? Daniel went upstairs in a room where the windows were open towards Jerusalem three times a day. And he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he has done before. The men that put King Darius up for this decree went to go find to see what Daniel was doing and they noticed that he was praying. So what do they do next? They're going to go tell the king that Daniel pays no attention to the decree. And the king, it says in verse 14, 614 says, when the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Then the men went back to the king, and they said, Don't you remember, your majesty, according to the law of Medes and the Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So King Darius sent for Daniel. And Daniel was 
there, and the king said, he gave the order and brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den, verse 16. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. Keep in mind, this is a king that didn't believe in God. But yet, he's seen Daniel's example. And keep in mind, Daniel was in favor with the king. And he said, may your God rescue you. So a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own ring. And the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him because he could not sleep. See, I believe the king was convicted in the wrong that he just did to Daniel. But I believe at this moment in time, this is kind of a change that the king was having. I believe that the king, Darius, was relying on God to save Daniel. I believe this. The king knew he did wrong, but he wanted to rely on God to save him. So at the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. And when he came, he called to Daniel and says, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And see, Daniel could have said, King, you're an idiot. Why did you do this? But you know what Daniel said? Daniel said, May the king live forever. My God has sent his angel and he shut the mouths of lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed. So he let Daniel out of the lion's den. And what does he do? He looks at Daniel. No wound was found on Daniel. And the men that falsely accused Daniel, the king said, throw them into the lion's den along with their wives and their children. Before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered and crushed all their bones. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as well as Daniel, were thrown in a peculiar situation, a situation that they couldn't control. And God miraculously delivered them. Some of us have been through in the fire of the lion's den, and God has a message for you today. If you've been through the fire or been in a lion's den, or if you're in that right now, spiritually, you're going through a fire in your life. When you go through the fire, it's not by accident. When you come across the lions, it's not by accident. When people come against you because of your faith and throw you into the fire, God wants you to know that it's far from over. He wants you to know that the reason you were going through the fire is not because those people to be victorious. No, it's not for the people to be victorious. Remember I just said that. It is not for the people that threw you in there to be victorious. But for you to rise above all adversaries that come out of the fire, for people to take notice that Almighty God deliver you from their grasp. You go through the fire not to get burned. You go through the fire to get refined. You go through the lion's den not to get eaten or badgered. You come out of the lion's den on top of those lions. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. The fires are meant to happen. The lions are meant to roar. Not for your defeat, but your victory. I found something interesting that took place after the trial. 
and tribulations of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There's something that we have to understand because the example that they had when they went through those fires and when they went through the lion's den was their faith in God was so strong that people took notice. Daniel 4, 1 through 3, I want you to hear the response that Nebuchadnezzar has, and I want you all to see this. This is very interesting. Nebuchadnezzar, the king to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, he says, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Now read Daniel 6, 25 through 28. I want you to see this. This is interesting. King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied unto you, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. And his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth who had delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Do you see something significant in both of those Bible verses of Daniel 4, 1 through 3, and Daniel 6, 25 through 28? There's a key in both of these scriptures. The key is this. Signs, wonders, and miracles... King Nebuchadnezzar says, I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. The miracle was Daniel not being devoured by the lions. The miracle for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when Nebuchadnezzar said, I declare the signs and the wonders of the Most High God has worked for me, the miracle was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego getting delivered from the fire. The key to both of these scriptures is signs, wonders, and miracles. Daniel is a key book in Bible prophecy. What I also found is this. After both experiences, Daniel had a vision in the book of Daniel 7, 7 through 8. This vision entailed a beast the same beast mentioned in Revelations 13. How does this spirit of Babylon have anything to do with our day and age? Revelation 12 speaks of signs, wonders, and miracles, and then a dragon setting up for the beast to rise. Revelation 12:7. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but was not strong enough. And they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels were with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come to the salvation, the power, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his Messiah, for the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. 
Revelation 12:17. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off and waged war against the rest of her offspring. Those who kept God's commands and held fast to their testimony about Jesus. See, I'm here to tell you that your testimony is the fires and the lion's dens that you have gone through. Your testimony is far more than what you really believe it could be. How are we going to get through the spirit of Babylon, the spirits that come against us? By the testimony of what Jesus has done for us. And the testimony about who Jesus is. The spirit of Babylon, I believe, is the same spirit that will rise the Antichrist. The same spirit that will cause us to go through the fires and walk amongst the lions. We've all been through a fire in life. We've all been through there. But you see, like I said before, the fires are not there to burn you. The fires are there to refine you. The lions are not there to eat you. The lions are there for you to overcome through the lion of the tribe of Judah. We've got to understand that. See, what I found in, in the book of Daniel is, is you, you read about the fires. You read about the two kings who talk about the signs, wonders, and miracles. You read about Daniel, one of the biggest prophets ever, who was told about the end times, but yet was told to seal it until the time has come. Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come to where it's been unsealed, to where we can understand the facts in this world leading to the end. This isn't a scare tactic. This is a tactic to say, hey, the book of Daniel gives us things. We see the signs, wonders, and miracles. And then the next chapter in 7 talks about the beast, which is in Revelations. These are key components to where we are at in life on this earth. These are key components to where the timeline can be there. Though we cannot sit here and say when Christ will return, there is a timeline and seasons that we can look at and say it's close. It is so close. This message is not about timelines and seasons. This message is about fires and lions. The fire that you're going through right now, if you're going through a fire right now, I'm telling you, keep going. If you go the way that God tells you to do, obey him and go through that fire. Because what he is going to do is he is going to pull you through and refine you into something more pure than what you were. He's going to use you more than he ever did before. If that is the desire of your heart to seek him, his righteousness, seek his will, and to do his works, the Bible says, I will give you the desires of your heart. But we have to keep living in righteousness. We have to keep living, fearing God, not fearing that God can kill us, but fearing where we're going to go if we don't follow God's commands and obey him. So I want to encourage you today, if you are in a fire in life today, keep going because God is waiting for you to come out of that fire refined and not burned. But you make a choice. If you make a wrong choice, you're going to burn yourself. God will not change your choices in life. He may persuade you with some things, but he won't change your choices in life. The choice you make in life is the choice you make for eternity.
Do not let these fires change who you are unless it is for the will of God. Do not let these fires change the path you're taking unless you're not taking the path of God. The fire will refine you if you make the choice to do it. You say, Jared, I don't know how, how to get out of this fire. Well, I'm going to give you two words that I love to say every time I get into a fire. And sometimes I forget them myself. But those two words, be still. See, he says, be still so that I may be exalted among the nations. See, the Bible says in Peter, it says, humble yourselves before God so that he can lift you up. God doesn't want to humble you to humble yourself and be still because he's almighty God and he's much better than you. And yeah, you know what? God is better than us. He's more powerful than us. He, does he made us. He could do whatever he wants. But you know what he wants? When you humble yourself, it's not to prove how much of a uh, uh, mean God he is. It's to prove how much of a good father he is because he wants to lift you up in his name and not yours. What a great God we can live for. What a great God that created us in his image. And one day, one day very, very soon, we will all be meeting each other up with him. Face to face. But we got to get through the fires of this life. Listen, this is not our home, folks. This world is not our home. We are ambassadors to Christ in this world. That's all we are here is ambassadors. People to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we're here for. Nothing more. Nothing less. We can live our life, and we do have the choice to live our life in luxury of Him. Or we have our choice to live for the world and serve a different master. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that the fires of life come so you can get refined and not burned. I hope that is an encouragement word to you today. And I hope this encouraged you to keep going, to keep moving, to keep your faith in Christ. Those lions could be scary and that fire could be scary, but perfect love casts out all fear. Love and keep trusting in God and obey his commands. I'm glad that you joined us today. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you just minister to these people that listen to this, God. Father, there are some of those that are going through fires right now. God, I ask that you guide them and direct them through that fire, Lord, to where they need to be, God. Father, I ask that you speak to them right now, Lord, that you sit here and say exactly what you would like for them to do, God. Father, comfort them in your arms, Lord. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit instill in them like never before, God. Father, when they come out of that fire, Lord, let them be refined in the Holy Spirit and not burned in, this, in the satanic realm. Father, there's two ways we can go, God. We can either go in discouragement or encouragement. So, Lord, I pray and proclaim encouragement in the name of Jesus and the body of Christ, Lord, that is here today. Father, any discouragement, God, I ask that you change that into encouragement. I ask that you help these people, Lord. Father, keep them strong. Keep them strong. 
Father, let your spirit speak to them more than ever. Father, be with them. Go with them, God. Be with them in their mind, body, and soul, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray, which is your Son, who died on the cross for our sins. God, thank you for that. Who went down and grabbed the keys of death, hell, and the grave so we wouldn't have to go down. Conquered death and the grave and rose from the grave, Lord. So we don't have to die. Thank you, Father, for everything that you've done. Now in your Son, His name, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Thank you for being with me today. Never forget, Jesus is real. Jesus is true. Jesus is the real truth. God bless.